broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Chattanooga, Tennessee, it's time for Chattanooga Business Radio. Now, here are your Business Radio X hosts. Lee Cantor with Stone Payton, another episode of Chattanooga Business Radio, and this is going to be a good one because we have a very special guest in this episode. Well, I got to tell you, that first episode, that's, that's a tough act to follow, but I think if anyone can do it, we have the roster here. A little bit later in the program, we're going to get a chance to visit with Richard Carmack. He's with RMJ Tactical. We're going to talk with Sharon Moreland. She's Managing Director with Chattanooga State Small Business Development Center. And we're going to have a chance to visit with uh, the owner, the Grand Poobah, the Chief of HR Business Solutions, Lynn Talbot. But... Uh, before we get to all that, it is my distinct pleasure to introduce from the Incubator Director of Small Business and Entrepreneurship, please join me in welcoming to the program, Miss Catherine Foster. Good morning. Good morning. So, uh, Catherine, I want to thank you first for inviting us here and allowing us to set up and do this broadcast here at the Incubator. Oh, we're so happy to have you guys in this morning. And uh, can you share for those who aren't familiar with the Incubator, what are you guys doing for folks? Well, we have a 127,000 square foot facility Mm -hmm. that we have people uh, set up their businesses for the uh, first three years of their existence, and we help them... Uh, learn the skills of entrepreneurship so they can have a better chance of success in that business. That's because it's a dicey business to begin with, right? That's exactly right. <laughs> so anything you can do to hedge the bet is a good thing. Well, considering that one out of two are going to fail, it's probably a, a, a pretty good bet that... that uh, Even uh, with help, it's hard. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. So uh, we've got a lot of resources here that we can put in their, uh, in their path and classes and uh, a great synergy that that they can take advantage of over the the three-year period that they're here. So now, uh, why don't you kind of share with, how does a company get involved with the incubator? What do you have to do? Well, there's a vetting process, and uh, we uh, encourage all of our clients that come in to do a business plan. In fact, we encourage everybody to do a business plan. We we know that really only about 11% of all businesses in the United States will do one, and you know the, the odds are pretty high that most businesses are going to fail anyway, so there may be some correlation there. But uh, in order to get in our program, you have to do a business plan, and that needs to be uh, reviewed by the TSBDC, and you're going to get a chance to hear from Sharon Moreland in just a, a moment here. But they're going to look at it and make sure that it's a sound, viable plan, mm-hmm. that it's it's going to be scalable and makes money. Right. Uh, that's that's what we want. So but the business makes- itself doesn't have to be an ongoing business. It can be still an idea, or does it have to have customers? Like, what is that part of the criteria as well? Uh, we want. Uh, I'm in. I'm in business, and I'm going to collect <laughs> rent from them. So okay. I want to make sure that they are making money. Uh-huh. Um, so it needs to be beyond a conceptual idea. Right. And, so um, I can't bring you my napkin with my great idea. Uh, yeah, it got to be a little <laughs> further along mm-hmm. than that, and and you know, and revenue based, mm-hmm. um, and uh, or at least have some investment money to work with. Right. Um, but and sometimes we'll work with companies for you know six months or a couple of years even to get them ready to be sure, sure. here at the incubator. Yeah, um, we want to make sure that they've got a little bit little bit of money to work with. Uh, and you know sometimes they'll work out of their car or their house for a period of time right. and, and until they're they're ready to come in they also need to have insurance and uh, their licensing in place and and then um, they got to be legit 
They gotta be legit. <laughs> That's right. So now, is this something that they once they're here, they can stay here, or is it for a, a fixed amount of time? Well, um, it's a, a three-year program. Um, some businesses are will uh, mature at a different stage or a, a different period of time. A lot of manufacturers take um, four years. Some tech businesses take a little bit longer. It's about financial stability. Mm-hmm. So you know if. You, some of them grow rather quickly. We've had companies that will only stay with us for two years, and then they're you know they're really just too big to stay here, and they go out and buy a building in town. And then others will stay for you know three and a half or four years. So um, it it you know we're in the position where we can be a little flexible. Now, when they come here, they're not just getting rent, right? They get access to education. They get access to some resources. Oh yeah, uh, shared services. Uh, Classes, there's, you know, literally hundreds of classes that are, are taught here um, throughout the year and uh, an enormous amount of synergy that's here in the building. They've got uh, a post office box that they get for free. Um, you know, there's, there's, uh, you know, unlimited resources that are, are right. here in the center. Cause you're, you're doing everything you can to help them be successful. Absolutely. Uh, we're a nonprofit that is funded by the economic development foundation of the chamber. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we are, uh, an incentive, you know, much like incentives that are given to large corporations like Volkswagen. Right. Um, so that, you know, money is being put in on the front end of creating jobs instead of the back end. Because and this is where the jobs start from. You absolutely. Know, so so yep. some of these people are going to come and be very successful and they're yes. going to hire a bunch of people yeah. from yep. around town. That's what it's all about is growing jobs. Now, do you have any success stories you can talk yeah, about? I got, a, I got a lot of success stories. Um, in the last uh, three decades, we've Graduated successfully over 525 companies into wow. the community. So, so they've been born out of this center. Yes, sir. That yes. is impressive. We are the largest incubator in the state and the third largest in the country. So, mm-hmm. um, yes, we have lots of uh, success stories that are here in our community. And we've literally uh, put tens of thousands of, of jobs in, in uh, the Chattanooga region. So earlier in the conversation, you actually used the word synergy. Do you find that these entrepreneurial entrepreneurs, these early stage companies, that they hang out, they collaborate, they check in, see what other people are doing, and they sort of mash up? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I'll have companies that'll say that they have, you know, collaborated with it, a dozen other companies in the in the building. Wow. You know, at any given time, we could have sixty five or seventy companies in here. So. We're a mixed-use facility. We've got tech companies, manufacturing companies, service. Uh, so, and, you, and that's a lot different than a lot of incubators. Some of them are just strictly tech. So you guys yeah, are kind right. of agnostic right. when it comes to the type of industry or business that, that's coming into here, as long as they have a viable business model, I guess. That's correct. Uh, you know, you can get a website built here. You can get your, your, your books uh, done. You can... Uh, I could 3D print a building, right? Well, you sure can. <laughs> you sure can. We've got three 3D printing companies here in the building. Uh, most of our companies now are are tech related, so because mm-hmm. that's really where that's where business where is of, going now. Yeah. So yes, um, and you know we we change with the speed of business. So uh, this uh, incubator has been here since 1988, and it's seen a lot of changes and has has um, you know 
moved at the speed of business. So, so now what is your backstory? How did you get involved with the incubator? Have you been doing this for since the since the beginning? Oh or? no, I have not. Um, I've been here for nine years, uh-huh. and I have been in chamber work for two decades, and uh, worked in a chamber in North Carolina. We tried to get an incubator up there. And uh, it didn't work out. They couldn't put the money together. But you had a vision for an incubator that yes, long ago. Because it's I, all very cool now. I don't know how cool it was at that time. Well, it you know, incubators, <laughs> uh, this is one of the first incubators, actually, that was in the country. I mean, they, they really yeah. kind of started in the United States in the in the early 80s. So right. Chattanooga was really on the, um, you know, on the cutting edge and the collaboration that, uh, that you know, private and public partnerships join forces and grow jobs at this level was uh, a big deal in the 80s and it and it really has paid off i think that um you know not all communities have incubators so this is really a a wonderful asset to our community so now if you were a chamber in another part of the country what are kind of the the must-haves if you're building an incubator in your opinion well, um, most incubators are about 30,000 square feet. We mm-hmm. have 127,000. So this is definitely, um, you know, a, a mammoth uh, incubator. Uh, but, you you know, you, you've got to have support. Uh, having a partner like the TSBDC right. uh, as an anchor tenant, Chattanooga Technology Council, and all the other fantastic partners that we've got in our community that builds a strong foundation it does. for these smaller companies, right? You, you absolutely just can't open the doors and say, and, "Hey, all comers, come in here." Right, right, <laughs> and have subsidized rent. That's right. not enough. You've got to have, uh, you know, an accountability program. You've got to make sure that that um, people are actively trying to uh, learn those skills of entrepreneurship, and they're taking classes and they're they're learning. Um, how to run that business because if they're not it's not worth you know it, it's just it's not going to work right if they're going to fail when they get out of here then it's uh, it's wasted money um, and then you also have to have um, you know you've got to have those those extra services too you've got to have conference rooms and you've got to have classes that are taught you've got to like have coffee co- coffee <laughs> yeah <laughs> Caffeine. Yeah. That is As critical. We, and, and we're getting ready to, to put in a little coffee shop here. Oh. So uh, a little coffee shop called The Collision <laughs> oh, because that's, cool. um, you know, that's a, a great place for, for people to network and, and uh, come up with some uh, creative ideas and just bounce. Because regardless of what the business is, they all have to understand taxes and HR issues. and Right. There's fundamentals of every business, no matter what your business is. Exactly. Now, you mentioned earlier that, um, I mean, just knowing going in that there's going to be a large percentage that aren't going to make it. And to have an, a, um, a facility like this uh, that's so collaborative, I would think that it gives you the opportunity to kind of fail in the best possible ways where it may not work out, but mm. you might find down the hall there could be an opportunity for me to join forces with them or maybe take my germ of an idea and kind of mash it up with somebody else. I mean, do you ever see any of that happen? We, we do see that, but um, uh, in incubators, uh, typically throughout the country, you 
you see about an 87% success rate. Mm -hmm. And here we have been able to experience uh, a, a success rate of over 92%. So, so nine out of 10 are going to make it if they can get in the program. That's correct. Wow. Um, so, so we have seen a very, very high success rate. And, and I think that that really speaks to the quality uh, of the program, the, the, the resources that we've got here mm -hmm. within the, the, um, the community. So. The 87 to 92 gap, that is very impressive, but I, I'm also very surprised by because you said one out of two are going to are gonna fail, but there is obviously a substantial advantage if you can get in any incubator program. If you can get your pick of the litter, you want to be in this one, but, that's, that's but there's correct. a big jump between your, your odds, your chances. With, I mean, is this making you feel envious? We have a, a, mag, a magnificent facility. We're in a wonderful facility our, our corporate office, Business Radio X in Atlanta, it's great space, but we don't have this kind of collaboration. Right. We don't have, and you were talking about classes. We don't have these, I mean, right. so speak or, to that education piece a little bit. What kind of things are, are there classes? We've, we've got uh, QuickBooks classes. We've got you know, classes on, on uh, business law. Um, right here in the building? In the building, yes wow. ma'am, yes sir. Um, and Sharon's going to talk a little bit about classes. They've got over 150 classes that, that they do every year. Um, and, you know, just anything that relates to entrepreneurship. I mean, and there's, you know, any number of things that, that uh, um, I mean, everything, social media, anything that, that is uh, relative to, to business uh, is is taught here, and most all of them are free. Some of them cost a little bit of money, but um, and you and know, none of them cost as much as making the mistakes. I can tell you that oh, from no <laughs> doubt, no doubt. And, Lynn Talbot over here. We're going to visit with her in just a moment. She's yep. nodding her head. Well, everybody at the table. Is. Yep, and she's she's one of our our teachers. But you know, the I think the biggest thing is is you don't know what you don't know. Um, yeah. So you know, if your next door neighbor is. Um, you know, talking about some mess that he got into, you know, you then you're obviously not going to step in that same mess. I mean, because you've had that opportunity to to to, uh, to talk. It's funny when we graduated our 500th successful business in the program, he mentioned to me that uh, you know he was going to really miss the incubator because um, even when he went to the restroom. He ended up spending 45 minutes in there because he'd end up talking to somebody <laughs> in the restroom <laughs> and, and, and uh, talking about some business issue in there. And, you know, it was just you know, constantly learning and, and sharing and, um, you know, that this really is a great business community. So what do you need more of? What can we do to help? Oh, you got money? That's what you need? And we always need mm -hmm. money. Yes, sir. <laughs> so money for what? Well, just programming, you know, facility needs. Um, there's, there's always, uh, always need for, for more money, more staff, mm -hmm. more. I mean, and then we, where we do you get your more. funding right now? Uh, from public and mm -hmm. private money. Uh, it's all through the Chamber Foundation. It's, uh -huh. it's subsidized through through them and uh, and through the can do. So business, successful businesses that maybe have graduated or are part of the community can um, mm -hmm. invest back into the community by getting active involved with the incubator? They can. By donating money or their time in terms through of the, teaching? or Through the Chamber Foundation, yes. Mm -hmm. Or through our board of directors, they can they can come and, and teach and, um, and help us through their volunteer work there. Do you find that a lot of people do that? They want to give back? They, they do. 
Uh, and I, over this next year, we'll start a uh, alumni association. Right. So we're there very excited about oh, that. Great idea. A lot of a lot of folks to pull from in sure. the in the community. So we've really everybody that I've mentioned that to, they're excited, and I think just about everybody said, "Oh, I want to serve on the board." So I'm really excited about that. Well, you must sleep incredibly well at night. How rewarding! Just can you imagine? I mean, this has got to be incredibly rewarding work for you it absolutely is no no doubt to be able to work with such courageous people that take a dream and the american dream and to build something around that and create jobs and you know to to see people that um you know are creating jobs and and um you know supporting they're supporting each other, and and you get to see them when they're just a, a, yeah. the beginning of an idea, right? And then here you see right. them graduate, and then they're you know buying buildings. And Absolutely, and you know being in a program like this, I mean, you know, failure is not an option. I right. I mean, it's um, it's very high energy, and and it's tough. I mean, everybody thinks, oh, I want to go to work for myself because, uh-huh. gosh, this job working for somebody else is easy. <laughs> right. This is the hard work. Well, you, you know. trade one boss for 100. You know, yeah, every, right. every client's your boss, you know, that's when you're right. self-employed. That's right. But there, it's a great group here. It really is. Well, Lee and I can't thank you enough for opening your world to us, but we're going to try because uh, we're quite sincere in that aside from coming here throughout the summer and the fall to cut, try to continue to contribute to the to the the local business community landscape uh, we have every intention to establish a permanent presence here and we're already been talking to several business people that seem to be very open to that idea and even a couple who are specifically interested in helping us pull that off so uh i am really looking forward to continuing this conversation capitalizing on the momentum and and collaborating with you to, to support these folks any way we can well thank you so much we appreciate the opportunity and look forward to having you in our community hey let's make sure that uh our listeners know how to reach out and get in touch with you have a conversation with you or or whomever's appropriate uh what's the best coordinates uh phone number email that kind of thing uh you can uh reach me at 423-752-9406. You can go on the ChattanoogaChamber.com website um, or just come visit. We're over here on the North Shore at 100 Cherokee Boulevard. And that's my recommendation because if you do that, you'll also have an opportunity to meet Tabitha, who is an absolute delight and will do everything in her power to to accommodate you. So uh, call if you have to, but my recommendation is come by. Absolutely. Great staff. (laughs) Great staff. Hey, listen, hang out with us while we visit with some other folks, will you? I'd love to. Thank you. All right. Next up on Chattanooga Business Radio, we have with us the owner of HR Business Solutions. Please join me in welcoming to the program, Miss Lynn Talbot. Good morning. Good morning, Stone. So what did you learn in that last segment? Well, I love being here at the incubator. I'm a tenant and therefore being incubated. (laughs) Sometimes we are called incubatorians. Is that right, Catherine? And I love it here. The energy and the synergy is wonderful. We collaborate in the halls and I too have closed a deal in the restroom I'll admit (laughs) and so it is kind of funny but we're all for each other we all help each other and it's just a great environment anyone that is thinking of starting a business needs to come here and see what we have going on at the incubator now did you start out like maybe working out of your house or working somewhere else I did like most entrepreneurs I thought it was just me and a laptop and I was going to go around and help people with their bookkeeping problems and then 
having people to my home wasn't really appropriate. I was trying to meet them in Starbucks and that's not a good place to talk about finances. And uh, (laughs) someone introduced me to the incubator and I thought, Oh, I'm not, I'm not big enough. I don't really, I don't, I don't really, I just kind of want to run my own show. But when I came here and found out all the opportunities, um, it, it was great. And I've been here two years starting on my third and already have five employees and it's from the direct it's directly from the chamber and the incubator being able to help me you know promote my business so did it did they help you kind of dream bigger or to make this happen faster well um both probably a little bit i was a little um nervous about going quickly but i will go in and talk to Catherine, and and you'll meet sharon moreland in a minute and ask them opinions about what what do they think? I've got all these ideas and sometimes I'm all over the place, but uh, I needed somebody to help me stay focused and, and stay stay true to, to what I'm doing. And they're able to do that in a way that's just very, just makes great sense to me. And, and for, for others too, I found the same, the same advice. So. so talk about HR Business Solutions. What exactly are you guys doing? Well, we are, um, we help entrepreneurs with their bookkeeping and finance finances. So after the entrepreneur has their great idea and they get their business plan and they've maybe you know worked with some people, they go out and start selling their product or or selling their service. And a lot of them don't really know how to gather their bookkeeping and put it in any type of format so that it makes sense to them. They can understand their financial data. Mm-hmm. What are they making this week, this month? What kind of point of sale system do they have? Am I supposed to pay sales tax? I thought someone else would pay that. I thought they'd send me a bill for that. Those are the things we hear. And so we That's let... That's kind of scary, right? It's <laughs> very. Everybody's nodding their head because they're like, yes, that's what entrepreneurs do. They go in one direction as fast as they can and sell their product. And then they stop about six to eight months later and go, where did all the money go? And I think I need a loan. And that's when they kind of end up in my office or sometimes in Sharon's office. And we collaborate together on clients to, to, mm-hmm. to figure out... What can we do to help them? Uh, what kind of platform do they need? A lot of these young entrepreneurs love the cloud. And so our, all of our staff members are certified on all the different cloud-based platforms so they can write invoices and do things right from their phone. Oh, so the, um, so you help them build the infrastructure they need to keep track of everything properly? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then um, do you do it so they don't have to do it or is that another service like you could do it for them or you can just get them set up and they can do it themselves right well that was my original idea and for my business was that i was just going to go out and teach everybody because everybody can do these books as long as they sit with lynn talbot and i can i'll sit with them all day long i'll sit with them for weeks and i'll teach them how to do their books i'll set them up on a platform and then i'll move on so that was my business model. So but then, that was the that was at first that was what you were thinking. Yes, so you were going to just teach them, and they were going to do it themselves. Yes, and they're they're entrepreneurs. They can learn. They can anything. figure this out. It's not that hard. Right. And then what happened was about half can do that. Right. They're they're they've got that mindset, and then the other half just stare at me like a deer in the headlights. <laughs> they're like, I don't want to do that. And they say, I really don't know what you're talking about. Can and you just do it for me? Exactly. And they push the computer to me and say, please just do it. And I said, well, okay, I can I can do that. So now we have about 100, 125 clients that we do their oh, books wow. for them. And we you just, didn't even see that as, you weren't even thinking about that. No, because I didn't really want to be a 
bookkeeper that we do more than bookkeeping. I mean, we manage their whole, we just everything, their office, their human resources. We do whatever they need us to do. So, And that kind of just evolved after you had a business for a while. You didn't plan on that happening initially. Exactly. And that's what's so great about being an entrepreneur. You just have to be open-minded and, and think. Say yes a lot, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I did. I said, well, yes, I'll do your books. And then you go figure out, you know. How I'll, am I going to do doing... their books for 100 people? That's right. So. so what was the impetus in the first place? What was that, that trigger point for you to become an entrepreneur? Or was that from day one almost? Well, I've always known that I wanted to own my own business from right. a long time ago. My father was an entrepreneur and his uh-huh. father was an entrepreneur. And I just knew that's what I wanted to do. I didn't know what it would be, but my background's in human resources. So I had 10 or 15 years in human resources, corporate world, kind of tired of the corporate world and right. took a little time to raise my family and kind of think about how I wanted to approach what I wanted to do and then have a balanced lifestyle as well. So my friends started asking me to do their books, my friends' husbands and friends of friends and PTAs. And next thing I knew, I was doing people's books just for free. And one day I thought, well, I should, I should make this into a business. So when my kids got, you know, in high school and I, I went back to, got my MBA and said, well, I think I'll start this business. I really didn't know how it would take off. I just thought it'd be something to do to bring in some income and um, ha- so you something thought this was something about. on the side. Yes. <laughs> and now it's 60 to 70 are completely all consuming, you know, but I love it. Are you it. okay with that? Yeah, I love it. I love well, it. Well, you can tell. I mean, you just absolutely exude <laughs> enthusiasm and passion. When you said my friends, I didn't know what direction you were going to go in because I got to tell you, my friend said, are you nuts? Because I had a really cushy kind of deal in a consulting uh, environment that my uncle owned the company. And, and so I didn't get the same reaction. And my parents were not entrepreneurs. Um, and I got a very different reaction. So I, I didn't know if it was still kind of this big, hairy, scary thing for you, or if you had people around you that really supported that entrepreneurial well, direction. Definitely my husband. He's like, you just need to go out and, and do what you want to do because, um, Good for him. yeah, he was like, you go shout do out that to hubby. What's his name? <laughs> Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Greg. From so all he of us. Definitely supports me. And, um, he just lets me, you know, wants me to do what, what I like to do. And so when I found out that it was, I was really you know, good at it. And I could help and teach people and people were being very responsive. Um, most of the time my clients will say after they've left with me for it with a two hour session, they'll say, Lynn, you're the only person that ever explained it to where I understand it. You know, my accountant Uh was talking over here, accountant speak over my head and I read these books and I get all confused. And it said the way, the way you explained it. So I, I try to meet the entrepreneur right where they are, wherever they are, wherever they are. And I've taught, I've even had entrepreneurs that were 17 and 18 year old years in my office. And, you know, sometimes they're a little scary because they know everything, you know, <laughs> so you have to bring out your mom hat and just be like, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so they, they tell me that I explained it in a way and I sit and I'm patient with them until they, um, they understand it. And we also, we also use a platform or we develop a platform that makes it easy for them to understand. I'm not going to go in and do something complicated, give them the big giant, you know, expensive program when they only need a little tiny $9 program. I'm like, you can do this. Now, what happened when your company started growing and you were hiring people? Because that's now a different animal now that you have people you're responsible for and you have a team around you. Right. I have an awesome staff. And so after I got up to two or three people, I went to Catherine. I said, well, we have this one little mm-hmm. tiny office. And I said, I need a bigger office. I need a conference room. I need Because some now privacy. this has really expanded mm-hmm. more than you expected when you started, right? Right. 
And the good thing about the incubator, if your company does grow quicker than you thought, you know, you can kind of um, put, put a bug in um, Catherine's ear and she'll be able to help help find space for you. So we were able to do that and that was great. That worked out great. So, um, yeah, having your own, I have, an, I have an awesome staff though. They're great. Shout out to my staff. <laughs> now, was it difficult for you to get in, put on that manager hat now and get no. people? No. That just came naturally to you? Yes. Any tips for people that are going through that and are growing or hiring that first person? Yeah, it's very important when you're hiring your first person. I always tell people to, um, I do a background check. I do a lot of hiring for people for bookkeepers. And so I think that you shouldn't hire a bookkeeper unless you do a background check because you never know. We've had some clients get burned um, hiring people that a, back, a simple background check would have found that they had some fraud in, right. in their background. So, And just doing a lot of um, interviewing, doing team interviewing. Um, wow. The first few people that you hire will make or break your business. So, so choose wisely. Choose wisely. And hire slow and fire fast. That's my advice. Now, <laughs> any uh, bookkeeping t uh, tips for somebody who wants to uh, kind of go at this on their own? Well, we do have Don't. some. <laughs> Don't. Don't, <laughs> yeah. <our> hire Lynn. <laughs> Yeah, if you're, if you, most people come to me and they've got spreadsheets and things like that, all the, you know, um, techie people, they've got spreadsheets and that's a great way to start. But then if you want to build a platform that you can give over to your accountant and you want right. a balance sheet and you want to keep some receivables that, that, that Cause spreadsheet's there's a lot not of programs out there, mm -hmm. a lot to choose from right? and you don't care which one, right? You're agnostic when it comes to the type of program right we we have five different uh, cloud-based platforms that we use and we kind of look at the the entrepreneur and we say this one you can it's use the best well, fit yeah, you for can't where use you this are at this right. stage like quickbooks online we call it qbo that's a pretty generic it'll fit most companies um there's another one called zero that's x-e-r-o and that's a really good one for a little more sophisticated client and also it just has some great features it has a payroll feature built into it so if you have an employees then right. that would be cheaper one and then there's all other kinds that are free but they're limited they don't do inventory right. or you can't change the chart of account so we kind of try to foresee their problems and get them into the right platform the first time now are your clients here in chattanooga only or do you can you have clients anywhere I can have clients anywhere. I actually have a couple clients in Seattle, and I've done work for people in Chattanooga and various people who've called me from all over. Most of our clients are right here in Chattanooga, but um, we can do, since it's cloud-based now, we can do work anywhere. So cloud-based, talk to me a little bit more about why that, or is that a, a better option for most small, medium-sized businesses other than the fact that it sounds kind of cool I, I mean i'd like to go to the club or the cocktail party and say, yeah we got a cloud-based system for that it just sounds good <laughs> i know when i first started hearing about it because i'm a little old-fashioned and that i like my um a lot of clients of mine as well they want to get their hands on on their books they don't want it to be in the cloud where somebody else might could get into it and that's always their concern so most security the, is their concern yeah. interesting because in some ways it's even more secure uh -huh. yeah? I know, I know. Uh, i'm asking i don't know is it well it the all of the on, all the cloud-based platforms right now have to follow certain rules if they sync with your bank. So the like mm. when QuickBooks syncs with your bank, it goes in at night automatically and downloads all your stuff that you did, and it says um, puts it in a file and says here's all the things that you did that happened at your bank account yesterday. So for me, it's great. One, you don't have to enter it and enter it wrong. The bank's already entered it, 
And two, uh, it matches your bank exactly right. When the IRS audits you, they look at your bank statement and they look at your bookkeeping file and they want them to be identical. They don't want them to be <laughs> not plus or minus. And, yeah. <laughs> Give or take. The margin error. Well, I, I can see right now the downside to cloud-based accounting is it's going to be accurate. And that could be <laughs> some people may not like that, <laughs> depending on what they got going on. Yeah, so it forces them to look at it every, every day. But they do follow those SEC rules for, for some for, for if you sync with your bank, and so it is safe. And it's really just as secure as your password, like anything on the cloud. Right, right. Now, um, what for you is a good client? Like what stage are they at or what's the pain they're having where they, it might be a good idea to call you guys? Well, I just had someone in my office yesterday was – you know, I started his own business about six or seven months ago and then just got so caught, you get so caught up in the business that they say, oh, I'll come back, I'll come back. And then, of course, they come back. And this is very typical for June for us. They forget to file their LLC. They forget to pay their property tax. They have all these letters Ouch. and then suddenly they can't pay their sales tax because they forgot to do their LLC. And that triggered a, a, res, a rescinding of that um, so if LLC. You, if you get an envelope from the government. That's a good time to late call. for something. So they come into my office and they're just all panic and they just lay all this stuff on the on the um, table and I say, well, come here and we just go online and we we I walk them through one, every one, one of them. One at a time, right? Yep. And I said, then we got to wow. get your county license back up and your city license <laughs> and now let's pay your sales tax. So right. so that's what we do. We help them. That's the panicked one that comes in and we see about ten of those a year. They walk in and. They said, I know I needed to come. I just got too caught up in my business. And I understand that. Don't but don't me. worry. I have this shoebox here. It's, it's a little full and the top won't close. <laughs> but I'll leave this with you here. till Friday and then we'll settle up. <laughs> yeah, I just, when they come in with a big shoebox or a giant box, I'm like, just put your card on it. Put it in a corner. We'll get it. We'll call you next week. And we, and we make order out of that box. That We don't even have to talk to the client again. We make complete wow. order out of that box and we get it back to them in a perfectly you know, nice order. So, Well, I know we're kidding around about this a little bit and we're kidding because there's, there's a strong element of truth to it. But the sense that I get in, in this conversation is that to the degree that a client will allow you to, you really can help a, a company stay in front of these challenges, stay in front of these issues before they ever become a problem. Yes. That, that's really what you're about if they will allow you to help them in that fashion, yes? That's right. And so we do like to get them when they have their idea. And a lot of times they'll be at the Tennessee Small Business Development Center. They'll come in and they'll be ready to go. They're maybe moving into the incubator. They've got right. their first. And that's when I like to see them before they go and sign up for with some expensive program or go down some road with, with an accountant that maybe is 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 not um, is a little more expensive than they probably need. So yes, we, we set them down. We have a checklist and we go over everything with them. And they usually feel a lot better when they leave my office. Now, the you know, doing all that part's important, but is there uh, an element of your business where you're helping them look at their numbers, where they can make projections and use the numbers to help them grow their business? Because that's enough, you know, keeping track of everything is important, but also using the data to make informed, wise decisions is also important. Yes, and that's what we talk about in one of the classes I teach for the um, Small Business Development Center is we talk about why do you keep bookkeeping? Like, why would I have to do that? Why can't I just put it in a shoebox and then just kind of shove a little Excel spreadsheet to my accountant once a year? And I said, because you can't, you can't figure out how you're going to make all this work. Like, you can't figure out where you're making money and where it's going and how you're going to use that money to project in the future. Right. And, yeah, so we make budgets and forecasts. And a lot of times I'll do a budget or a forecast and we'll look at that bottom number at the end of the year and say, you're only making $10,000 under all the parameters that you've given me and what we're doing right now. 
do you really want to work full time and <laughs> to make ten thousand? And that's just an if. If everything right. looks great here, and so then they have to stop and go back and do their their model again. I said, well, this business model doesn't really work. Let's talk about how we can get more income or decrease right. the decrease the expenses. And so, yes, the forecasting is huge because you don't have anything if you don't you can't plan for the future. Well, what I like about this whole conversation, I like everything you've said, but I like the fact that you speak entrepreneur. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you speak business, you speak entrepreneur. It's very refreshing. I, I, I got to say, keep up the good work. This is fantastic. Well, I, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> All right. So how can our listeners get in touch with you? What's the best way for them to reach out and have a conversation? Um, they can always email me through my website. It's hrbiz, and that's B-I-Z, solutions.net. Or if they can't find me, they can do what most entrepreneurs do in this town is they call the incubator and they just ask for the, <laughs> ask for the QuickBooks lady. You're the QuickBooks <laughs> we'll, lady. And we'll put our cape on and come running. That's what we do. That's a good way for every guest to answer the question. Just call the incubator and they'll find me. That's, that's it, yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. Well, listen, how about hanging out with us uh, while we visit with our next guest? Will you do that? Awesome. Thank you. All right. Next up on Chattanooga Business Radio, uh, we get a chance to visit with a lady who's been getting an awful lot of advanced press here earlier. In the I know. Everybody's mentioned her. I, I don't know if she could live up to it or not, but uh, we now have the pleasure of visiting with Managing Director for the Chattanooga State Small Business Development Center, Miss Sharon Moreland. How are you? I'm fine. Good morning. Thank you for having us on your show. Any truth to this stuff? You get you really out there helping folks? Well, I got to tell you, it's these folks who really make it happen. I mean, we're kind of a conduit. But it's, uh, it's just wonderful, one, having the Chamber sponsor us and the SBA. So we're, we are Chattanooga State employees. However, we are sponsored uh, very seriously by the Chamber, who provides office space for us here and also gives us a stipend, and also by the SBA. So we're under a grant, a government grant, to really help and really inspire businesses to start up and to stay in business long term. So now the SBDC, what is that mm-hmm. like? Is that's are there SBDCs all over the country? It's and a national organization, and it's the Small Business Development Centers. It's actually ASBDC if you look on the national basis for American, and it's government funded, and it's really to spur entrepreneurship and to get jobs going within the United States. In the state of Tennessee, we have fourteen centers. And we're under a grant that's actually through Middle Tennessee University. So we have a lead center over in Murfreesboro that's headed up by Pat Geo. And we all report into him as well as to our relevant you know, um, colleges in town, like ours is Chattanooga State. And um, we probably have on the network throughout the nation over 1,100 counselors that are all free of charge. And anybody can go into any one of these centers and get free advice now, where on are these counselors? Uh, where are they coming from? The counselors are experienced business people. Oh, really? Okay. That have most of them nice. have had their own businesses, have been an entrepreneur, have had some corporate experience as well. And in our center, we have an international counselor as well. So if anyone's looking to start importing or exporting, we have those services and counselors available. Uh, we have another counselor that has a lot of uh, years in banking. So we can really help on the finance side of it. So there's uh, different walks. There's people with marketing. We also have access to the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga here. We have counselors that come in on Friday afternoons with Catherine's program to offer free marketing advice. We provide digital marketing services, and we do about 154 seminars a year, most of which are free or low cost. (coughs) 
And the only reason we have a cost associated is if we have a cost associated with that where we're possibly paying for someone to conduct that class or from software or from particular materials we need for that class. I don't think most cities play quite this pretty together. My, my grandmother would say, y'all play pretty. Mm -hmm. I, I, mean, I mean, maybe they are, and I'm just not realizing it, but I, Lee, does this whole community strike you as incredibly collaborative? They're all helping each other out. They're all watching mm -hmm. each other's back. They're looking for opportunities to... I mean, is that un uh, that's just seems unusual to me. It is unusual, mm -hmm. and it is, I think, the Chattanooga way. It's very collaborative here. We partner with the um, SCORE, mm -hmm. which is all the senior retired executives that offer mentoring services. We partner with Brightbridge Women's Business Center, and Brightbridge has some cash with SBA loans that they offer. We do a lot of partnering with CoLab. The company lab is the local accelerator in town and we do multiple seminar series with them, and we send clients there. They have a program called Co-Starters. So if someone's looking to build a business plan and wants their handheld through that whole process, we send them over there. They also do the Gig Tank, which is huge in town, and they really help generate a lot of excitement and bring people to Chattanooga, which ultimately sometimes end up here at the incubator and end up as our clients as well. So they're kind of the front end, and we can meet with a client for the lifetime of their business. So we have clients that we've been meeting with for you know, 18, 20 years. We're a 30-year-old organization, and so we've um, got a lot of experience. And if we don't have it in-house, then we know where to get it within our network. So it sounds like you're kind of the first call that an entrepreneur yeah. or somebody thinking about starting a business should go to because from from your office then you can point them in the right direction we definitely can be the traffic hop and really tell them who in town because our theory is they can meet with all of us they don't have to meet with just one of us all of us have services that are actually right. different from organization to organization we partner with the urban league and next level that i think our next guest will talk a little bit about and that's a whole um, our goal is to try to get clients to that next level they're in the incubator they're doing well now what so we have a lot of experience in really pushing them to the next level. And that's where that next level program that Richard's involved in comes into play. So not only do we help with startups, we do small business orientation program every week. So anyone that has an idea or is thinking about starting a business, every Thursday we offer a class here. One Thursday it's 11.30 to 1, the next Thursday 5.30 to 7 mm. because we get a lot of people that are working and that want to do this on the side. Right. And we conduct that right here in the incubator. It's an hour and a half. It's free. And they come in and learn about all the services available in town, what services are available here at the incubator, what services do we offer as an organization, how do you structure what is an LLC? What is a sole proprietor? Right. What is an S-Corp? And we kind of walk them through some of the online services that are available because as an SBDC organization, we have 15 online courses that they can start with as well. So we just try to really do what we can to get them started effectively and to cut them from making a lot of different mistakes out of the shoot. If and we can keep them straight. And fast forward their learning, narrow. right? I mean, I'm sure you yeah. save them a ton mm -hmm. of time that they would, if they were yeah. trying to do it on their own. For sure. And just try to put them on the right track. And a lot of uh, companies come in and they're interested in government contracting. So we partner with UT, their industrial services, and Paul Middlebrooks comes in 
every month, and we do government contracting. We do woman-owned business certification programs. Now, are you doing stuff that, um, like if they say, uh, I want a grant for my business, or mm -hmm. is there a government opportunity, and do they go, well, here, um, Sharon, why don't you, do you do this for me, or are you pro providing education and tools for them to do it themselves? Yeah, we don't do it for them. We really try to guide them through the process, and the first question we usually always get is, is there a grant? I don't have any money. I don't have any collateral. Is there a grant? Because you hear about these government grants yeah. that, and that, is that a myth? 95% yeah. <laughs> of the time, there's not government money there, but there is, you know, there are some opportunities depending on how strong that business plan is and, and the type of business that it is that mm -hmm. we can point them in some different directions. So you can let them know, like, look, that's a pipe dream. That's not going to happen. Yeah. So don't waste your time going down that road. Yeah. That's helpful, that information. But you could also say, you know what, there is a possible thing here, go over here, and you can help them navigate that path because it's yeah. a tricky path to go through that process. Yeah. And we really try to do that. We also are certified in growth wheel, which they can come in, and if there's certain areas that they're struggling with, it really maps out 20 areas of a business, and they can self-identify where they really need the help the most, mm -hmm. and we can just go into that particular area and help them kind of jump over the hoop with that and try to get them to build and be stronger in that particular area as well. So it's one thing to have a big pile of knowledge in mm -hmm. the you know SBDC library, but th the key is being able to transfer that knowledge in such a way that mm -hmm. people can and will use it. And um, I don't, I, I think it's perfectly appropriate to suggest you personally have quite a pedigree in transferring mm -hmm. knowledge. I mean, you mm -hmm. come from a background of training and development with yeah. some pretty well recognized organizations. So it's not your first rodeo. I suspect you've brought a great deal to this organization in terms of the ability to really help someone um, ass assimilate and apply what the knowledge. I hope so. They can probably speak better to <laughs> well, that. Well, I'm getting some head nods. Yeah. I can tell you that. But speak to yeah. that a little bit, mm -hmm. if you will, because um, I, I suspect that's a very important part of the mm -hmm. equation, yeah? Well, I, I was raised in an entrepreneurial family. My father was a general contractor. And my mother did all the books. <laughs> and we had an office, but they also did a lot from home. And so our phone rang both places. So when I was mm -hmm. six, I could answer the phone right. on a business and book appointments. So you were already working at six, <laughs> yeah, right? and you know, and my favorite thing was a 10-key calculator, you know, just running the numbers. So I kind of grew up that way. And then I got into business and business education. And then I got into corporate training and corporate training management. And pretty much was there for about 20, 25 years. And then did my own training consulting business when my husband had relocated. And so we were in Tulsa for a short time, and I did it there. And then we got moved again with corporate moves between the two of us. And so then I got back into corporate America and bounced back into a custom cabinetry business that my husband has. And so as we move, we keep doing different things. The d just simply the depth and breadth of what you've described as the curricula that if, if I so choose, I can avail myself to just from being in the business arena here much less once i become part of the incubator i mean the world is my oyster if i will let it be isn't it yeah. i yeah. think the biggest thing to know with curriculum is that you can't ever let it get old you have to keep looking at where mm -hmm. the needs are and where's the economy going where do these businesses need to go where are the gaps and every year roll out what doesn't work and roll in what what needs to be there and sometimes it involves a lot of brainstorming and a lot of observation to see 
um, like right now I just identified, I was talking to Mike Bradshaw this morning that we need something on really how do you develop a deck and how do you get your pitch ready to go. And that's one piece that I think we're going to see if we can maybe work with CoLab to do something like that for when we have startup week. So it's just, you know, trying to see what's needed and where and how can we keep improving. Also learning, uh, we have a CEO program that we do here where we have wonderful, really strong CEOs of very large organizations in town that all started as small businesses. Right. So we ask them to come in and share their stories. And so we've had seven people now. We started with Senator Corker. We've had Mitch Patel from Vision Hospitality, who has like 40 hotels. We've had people from independent healthcare companies come in who have really grown a lot of nursing homes and adult care centers. We just uh, recently had Sheila Boyington from Thinking Media, who has a very strong high-tech firm that she's built. And we bring these people in and have an hour-and-a-half breakfast seminar, and they share their stories of what they learned what mistakes they made. Right. The good, if, the bad, the ugly. Yeah, right. if they would have to do it again, what <laughs> right. would they do? And so that's, you know, I think wonderful that this city and their senior people are really willing to come in and mentor. So we do a lot with that. We also have a woman entrepreneur seminar coming up August 25th called We for Women Entrepreneurs. Very original. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got some top note speakers coming in to really motivate women that are either in business or that are thinking of starting a business to come in and really help them. So it's a half day seminar. Uh, Bonnie Carroll's our keynote speaker coming in from Oak Ridge who has another high tech international firm with 200 employees. We have Andrea Wilcox coming down, who's another TSBDC person from the chamber, also up in Kingsport, who has written three books, uh, Smart Up, uh, Startup Savvy, and then Smart Woman of Substance. And so she's got some really good uh, books. We're going to have a book signing with her and have her talk to us about some of the things she's learned in her experience. I don't know when you have to, uh, a chance to just stop and, and breathe a little bit. Mm -hmm. Is there an uptick in, in, uh, in your view in interest in female entrepreneurs it certainly seems that way just from the interviews that we've done over the last few right. months yes. it's a big focus of us here in chattanooga and we really try to inspire women to really get into the business field um, it's it's not just for men it could be for anybody and so i think lynn's a, a great example of that you, know, you just have to bite the bullet and step in and make it happen. Well, I got to tell you, um, I'm not a woman. I, I think the world of women, I married one. I live with three. Uh, and, but in all, in, in all seriousness, I personally find women smarter, more collaborative, better with money, more relationship. I, I mean, everything else being equal, I would be quicker to partner with a woman, invest in a woman. I, 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 I think I, for one, am a big fan. And I hope that that trend continues. And I hope we have women running a lot of business radio X studios and conducting interviews like this as we go forward. We even have a woman's jump fund to really help financing female businesses in oh, town. Oh, really? And so wow. that Christina Montague heads that up and they're doing wonderful work and they're funded by women for women. So we have a lot of good community uh, support, not only to help the females, there's also jump funds we're trying to put together right now, one with our center with um, Brightbridge and CoLab and Chuck Fisher is helping us on the legal side to really help just 
try to get businesses that really don't have a lot of capital financed under $50,000 to at least help them get the computers they need, yeah. get some equipment, give just them a fighting give chance, them right, something. to be successful. That's great. Good well, idea is just not the financial backing. Right. My head's absolutely spinning. I don't know how you keep up with it all, but please keep keeping up with it all because the, the work you're doing is incredibly important. It, it's it's fantastic. It's invigorating. It's inspiring. Um, I'm looking forward to finding a way to, to collaborate with you guys and, and try to help. But uh, what, what marvelous work you're doing. Keep it up. Thank you. Thank you. It's a team effort. It takes a village. <laughs> well, I can tell that just by watching the people interact, even the folks that aren't actually speaking on the microphone, just for their listeners at home, you can see everybody nodding their head and agreeing with each other, and everybody knows each other two or three different ways. It's not like they have a one-dimensional relationship. Let's make sure that we leave our listeners with some uh, contact info. What's the best mm -hmm. way for them to reach out and learn more? Well, our office number is 423-756-8668, and our website is www.tsbdc.org slash chscc for Chattanooga State Community College. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much. Hang out with us. We're going to visit with one more guest before we wrap the segment. All right, Lee, uh, you ready for the headliner? The guy's been so patient. Pressure's on. <laughs> yeah, tough mm -hmm. act to follow. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast from RMJ Tactical. And I got to tell you that the truck is something else. He's got this logo on the truck that I saw before we got started this morning. Uh, Mr. Richard Carmack. Good morning, oh, sir. Good morning. And you, you talk about hard act to follow. Holy moly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, you got to lean in there and almost kiss that microphone. There you go. Perfect. So uh, tell us a little bit about what you're out there trying to do for folks, man. And what we do is we make very high-end tactical tomahawks. Uh, in 2001, my business partner. you got to find a, natu uh, a niche, a Richard. Niche. Well, you well, you, you in, can't go so broad like that. you got to focus. Well, people will tell you. Here you go. In, in 2001, <laughs> my business partner was uh, asked to uh, if he could make a tactical version of the tomahawk Mel Gibson used in the movie The Patriot. And it was, uh, he was uh, called by on a satellite phone from Kuwait, from an Air Force Special Operations Command member. And uh, he'd been trying to find somebody who would attempt this. Uh, Ryan is a mechanical engineer. He's my business partner, Ryan Johnson. Mechanical engineer. He is also an expert in historical tomahawks. He is an expert blacksmith and uh, just a, a brilliant young fellow, and he said, yeah, I think I can do that. And uh, John Blair is the young man who uh, called at that time and said, well, great, I'm going to send you three Kevlar helmets. It needs to be able to pierce a Kevlar helmet. Uh, that was during the war in Kuwait. Am I the only one here getting just a little bit scared? Is there some signal like if I'm beginning to irritate you or get you mad? If he pulls his tomahawk out, then no. start worrying. No. Well, what's, what's interesting, they originally thought uh, in 2001 they needed them as weapons. But uh, Ryan made about 100. A number of uh, Fifth Group Special Forces, Delta, CIA, started using them. But they found that they used them for everyday tools. And it quickly became apparent that like 300 years ago, we think of tomahawks as weapons. Well, they were rarely used as weapons 300 years ago. Uh, matter of fact, women used them more than men, uh, the, uh, especially in the Native Americans. They used them for agriculture, building uh, their, their shelter. They used them for cleaning food, game, making uh, you know, uh, tanning leather. So they were tools. 
And back 300 years ago, they were probably the first multipurpose tool because they used them for everything. Mm -hmm. And then the military guys got them, and they used them for opening crates. They used them what what they really started um, getting notoriety for is breaching and rescue tools. Uh, vehicles would be hit with an IED and uh, roll over, and you couldn't get the doors open. And so the Tomahawks found a niche that this little two-pound tool could open up a Hummer and get people out. And uh, then they started using it when they were going door to door in uh, uh, some of the big battles. But uh, we, uh, occasionally, we will hear where in the war zones they were used as weapons. More times we would uh, get calls saying that my cousin is back. Right, it was saving lives. Mm -hmm. So now, for we're on radio, obviously, but can you describe, like, is it big, little, is it the size of an axe, is it? Our, What's it similar to? Our, our most popular one is, well, if you can think of the tomahawk Mel Gibson used in The Patriot, it is very similar to that. It is a spike tomahawk. Our most popular is 15 and a half inches long. It's all steel. Uh, Ryan uh, created the first all so steel So the handle, tomahawk. everything, is it one piece? or It is uh, all one piece. We have uh, our most popular uh, tomahawk actually has an overmolded handle, so it can withstand... Uh, uh, electrical shock of over 2,000 volts, and uh, we got that request from helicopter pilots, and uh, so that makes it very handy when you're breaching through a house. And if it's there's light, something. so it's not super heavy. 27 ounces. Wow. 27 ounces. If you go to our go to YouTube and type in our name RMJ Tactical and helicopter, you can see six troops remove the tail section of an old Cobra helicopter in less than 15 minutes with two of our Tomahawks, and that includes, includes the drive shaft. Well, I'll tell you, well. this breach and rescue application really hits home for Lee and I. We have, in the Business Radio X family, um, an engineer and host talent, uh, Ryan Redhawk McPherson, who was in the infantry um, across the pond and was wounded by an IED. He was in a Hummer, and it had it not been for Kevlar that they laid on the floorboard as a field tactic not as something that came in it uh things would have turned out even worse and i don't know that your tomahawk was used to get him out but but i mean we we live with and know and think the world of a guy every day who you know really gave an awful lot (laughs) for our our freedom so what you're describing to have that something like this available for our troops I, i mean that means a lot to to us personally, I got to tell and, you. And it's not just troops. We got an email three months ago from a young man. He's a deputy uh, in the Midwest. He had one of our tomahawks, and he said that he came to a uh, single car accident. A uh, young woman and her four-year-old were trapped in the vehicle. And he wasn't thinking about our tomahawk, but he couldn't get them open, and the emergency responders were 15 minutes away. And then he started smelling gas, oh, and he thought, thought about the tomahawk. And uh, he said it took him 90 seconds to get the woman out and then the child out. And 15 seconds later, the car was wow. engulfed in flames. And he's, his comment in that email was, that day we saved three lives. Because if he had had to stand there and watch, he would have died. Right. It, it would have just killed him. So it's, um, there are all kinds of applications. And it, it's not just rescue and breaching and things. Folks are using them like 300 years ago. Very uh, enthusiastic uh, outdoor 
personal. Right, like they can use it for, for camping or it, yeah, it's for anything. So now, when you started, though, what that wasn't the intent. It was, it was mainly for the military? It, it was for the military. And mm-hmm. then as those personnel who were using them talked to friends. And, and they, they went started, home. They started coming home. And now <laughs> right. we've got a lot of uh, law enforcement personnel who used them in the war zones. Right. Now they're taking them out and camping, and uh, we've got uh, a lot of... So that's expanded your business probably more uh, rapidly than you could have imagined. Well, that and the fact that they listened. And that's a key that I'm sure are things that everybody at this table tries to impart upon the people that they're counseling is you've got to be, well, and, and Lynn Talbot said it earlier in, in, in her segment, you, you've got to, to be open to to idea that you, you guys listened to your customers and your potential customers and made the adjustments. And that's that's to be applauded. Yes. And, and we work very closely with them. And we, we were somewhat anal the first three or four years is so what's what's working what right. uh, what can we do to improve and uh, we've come up with five or six different variations because we've got different people in different needs and they will call up and say what is the best tomahawk and i said well i can't answer that right. it's a lot like coke and dr pepper <laughs> right. which is best well I'm a Dr. Pepper guy, and uh, my and also, Coke. what are your needs? Because exactly. the each tomahawk has different elements mm-hmm. that would be you could use it in different right. uh, places and, and uses. Yeah, and they're not cheap. And uh, our tomahawks start at about four hundred and twenty-five dollars and go up, but we've got a lifetime guarantee. And mm-hmm. to date, since uh, two thousand one, we've never had one fail, and that's that's very important to us. Now we've a lot of. Uh, Tomahawks are being made out in the the market now. We think a lot of them work really great in World of Warcraft. But if you're going to, <laughs> if you're going to in the virtual one, world, yeah, if, maybe if, yours isn't the best. But in the real world, maybe uh, yours even isn't. in the virtual world. But ours doesn't look as cool as some of the other things. But uh, for Ryan, every line has a purpose, mm-hmm. and uh, we work on it, and we work on it, and we. We don't know that we can make it any better, uh, but we do know that people have other uh, applications, and we continue to work and talk to them to say, okay, how can we do this better? It's like we've got a brand-new tomahawk that uh, we've made. Uh, we call it the active shooter. Uh, we were working with DEA agents out on the West Coast. They say, I use your tomahawk all the time, but we will never use it where civilians can take our picture because they just look too aggressive. So if we can't use it, we can't use it at all. So we've got another one, and we showed it to our uh, machinists and asked them what they thought about it. And they said, well, it looks dorky. I said, perfect. <laughs> because, <laughs> because, and, and it resembles somewhat an old uh, a fireman's axe. So mm-hmm. it looks like a tool. Right. And uh, we, we released it last week, and folks are, are just loving it, and law enforcement especially. So this is something I can carry. I would not mind taking out of my bag and working with somebody. Whereas our others look, you know, last of the Mohicans (laughs) kind of thing, and you don't want to be chased through the woods with it. But uh, again, it's we're trying to build tools that will help these people who are in extreme situations do their jobs and increase their survivability. So the sales and marketing thing, before we wrap, it sounds to me like your phone's ringing quite a bit and you've, ha- you've got this great two-way communication channel going, but is there an ongoing sales and marketing effort with some structure, discipline, rigor, or is it mostly just responding to uh, paths that you've already built? Uh, 
we are trying to drive that. One thing that we want to do, if uh, we've never really had an, uh, a coordinated marketing tool, because we were lucky enough in 2008 to be featured on Modern Marvel's Axis, and since that time we've just been playing catch-up. Um, but we want to drive the idea that since Ryan developed this first Tomahawk, and we understand, we work so closely that we want to remain the authority yeah. for this type of tool and the use of this type mm-hmm. of tool. And we've got to do it with teaching. And uh, it, it's like we developed a tomahawk that doesn't have a spike. And we did it because people were afraid of swinging it back. And right. they're afraid they were hit themselves. And yeah, I, I want the dorky uh, one. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Give me the dorky one. And, but, but it's got a spike, too. And, the, oh, no. and we tell them, is, are, are you afraid of a claw hammer? Well, no. Well, that's two chisels coming back <laughs> right. at you. Spike's not that much difference, but 70% of the goody in the Tomahawk is the spike. That's what breaks the lock. It breaks the chain. It right. gets you out of the uh. car. It goes through the concrete. And occasionally you'll need to cut something. But that spike, once you start playing with it, that's, that's what helps you most. Right. Even, you know, camping, things like that as well. So now if somebody wanted to learn more, you have a website? We do. rmjtactical.com. Uh, and... Um, if somebody wanted to call us, that would be 423-756-4300. Well, thank you so much for being part of the show today. It's been fun. Thank you very much for including me. And uh, again, special thanks to the Chattanooga Area Chamber uh, for allowing us to be here and the incubator specifically. And if you want to learn more about the incubator, go to chattanoogachamber.com slash incubator. And this is Lee Cantor for Stone Payton. We will see you all next time on Chattanooga Business Radio.